0: This is Residence 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous. How you doing? I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London, uh, also on bohemianbritain.com. And, uh, oh, although I will say Literary London. Guess what? I'm still in Wales. Oh, yes, land of my fathers and all that kind of stuff, and grandfathers and other relatives, and caravans. But anyway, I won't go there. Um, we'll go here. Uh, next month is Dylan Thomas Day. And we're going to be doing a bit more about the Welsh wizard later on. But I thought I'd share a few holiday experiences. Mine tend to be more, well, alcoholic than Dylan's were while he was in Wales. Although, of course, he's known for, known for his uh, boozing habits. Um, and I'll tell you the truth about what really happened to Dylan Thomas. Why he died at the tender age of 39. I'll tell you the truth about that. Because I know. Oh, yes, I know. I'll tell you that another time. Because what we are going to do now is we're going to look at going on holiday. I go to Aberystwyth, which is a lovely town, town, city, town, uh, on the west coast of Wales, and literally was walking past this house with some, it looked a bit odd because there were these sort of barrels outside. Anyway, turns out to be a craft ale pub. So, as you do, oh yes, I walked inside and I had a, I had a chat with the trusty barman and ended up drinking a thousand-year-old recipe For pale mead. More of that later. But in the meantime, here's Dylan Thomas himself and a few live holiday memories.
1: Speaking personally tonight, we have the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas, who is going to tell one of his many stories. If you can call it a story, there's no real beginning or end and there's very little in the middle. It is all about a day's outing by Sherabang to Porth Call, which, of course, the Sharabang never reached. And it happened when I was so high and much nicer. I was staying at the time with my uncle and his wife. Although she was my aunt, I never thought of her as anything but the wife of my uncle, partly because... He was so big and trumpeting and red-hairy and used to fill up every inch of the hot little house like an old buffalo squeezed into an airing cupboard. And partly because she was so small and silk and quick and made no noise at all as she whisked on padded paws about dusting the china dogs, feeding the buffalo, setting the mousetraps which never caught her. And once she sleeked out of the room to squeak in a nook or nibble in the hayloft, you forgot she had ever been there. But there he was always, a walloping hulk of an uncle, his braces straining like hawsers, cramped behind the counter of the tiny shop at the front of the house, and breathing like a brass band, or guzzling and blustery in the kitchen over his gutsy supper, too big for everything except the great black boats of his boots. As he ate, the house grew smaller. He billowed out over the furniture, the loud check meadow of his waistcoat, littered as though after a picnic with cigarette ends, peelings, cabbage stalks, birds' bones, gravy and the forest fire of his hair crackled among the hooked hams from the ceiling. She was so small, she could hit him only if she stood on a chair, and every Saturday night at half past ten, he would lift her up under his arm onto a chair in the kitchen so that she could hit him on the head with whatever was handy, which was always a china dog. On Sundays, and when pickled, he sang high tenor and had won many cups. The first of the annual outing I heard was when I was sitting one evening on a bag of rice behind the counter under one of my uncle's stomachs, reading an advertisement for sheep dip, which was all there was to read. The shop was full of my uncle, and when Mr. Benjamin Franklin, Mr. Weasley, Noah Bowen, and Will Sentry came in, I thought it would Burst. It was like all being in- together in a drawer that smelt of cheese and turps and twist tobacco and sweet biscuits and snuff and waistcoat. Mr. Benjamin Franklin said that he had collected enough money for the charabang and 20 cases of pale ale and a pound apiece over that he would distribute among the members of the outing when they first stopped for refreshment. And he was about sick and tired, he said, of being followed by Will Sentry. All day long, wherever I go, he said, he's after me like a collie with one eye. i got a shadow of my own and a dog. I don't need no Tom, Dick, or Harry pursuing me with his dirty muffler on. It's only Oily, Will Sentry said. I got a bicycle. A man has no privacy at all, Mr. Franklin went on. I tell you, he sticks so close, I'm afraid to go out the back in case he sits down in my lap. It's a wonder to me, he said, he don't follow me into bed at night. Wife won't let, Will Sentry Will said. And that started Mr. Franklin off again, and they had to calm him down by, by telling him... That Will, that Will Sentry didn't really mean it. Don't you mind, old Will Sentry? No harm in old Will. He's only keeping an eye on the money, Benji. Aren't I honest? Asked Mr. Franklin in surprise. There was no answer for some time. Then Noah Bowen said, You know what the committee is. Ever since Bob the Fiddle, they don't feel safe with a new treasurer. Do you think I'm going to drink the outing funds like Bob the Fiddle did, said Mr. Franklin? You might, said my uncle slowly. I resign, said Mr. Franklin. Not with our money you won't, Will Sentry said. Who put dynamite in the salmon pool, said Mr. Weasley, but nobody took any notice of him. And after a time, they all began to play cards in the thickening dusk of the hot, cheesy shop. My uncle blew and bugled whenever he won and Mr. Weasley grumbled like a dredger and I fell to sleep in the gravy-scented mountain meadow of uncle's waistcoat. On Sunday evening, after Bethesda, Mr. Franklin walked into the kitchen where my uncle and I were eating sardines with spoons from the tin because it was Sunday and his wife would not let us play draught. She was somewhere in the kitchen, too. Perhaps she was inside the grandfather clock, hanging from the weights and breathing. Then, a second later, the door opened again, and Will Sentry edged into the room, twiddling his hard, round hat. He and Mr. Franklin sat down on the settle, stiff and moth and black, in their chapel and funeral suits. I brought the list, said Mr. Franklin, every member fully paid, you ask Will Sentry. My uncle put on his spectacles, wiped his whiskery mouth with a handkerchief big as a Union jack, laid down his spoon of sardines, took Mr. Franklin's list of names, removed the spectacles so that he could read, and then ticked the names off one by one. Enoch Davis, aye, he's good with his fists, you never know. Little Gerwine, very melodious bass. Mr. Cadwallader, that's right. He can tell opening time better than my watch. Mr. Weasley, oh, of course. He's been to Paris. Pity he suffers so much in the Charabang. Stopped us nine times last year between the Beehive and the Red Dragon. Noah Bowen, ah, very peaceable. He got a tongue like a turtle dove. Never an argument with Noah Bowen. Jenkins, Lutcher, keep him off economics. It cost us a plate-glass window, ten pints for the sergeant. Mr. Jarvis, so oh, very tidy. He tried to put a pig in the shower. Will Sentry said. Live and let live, said my uncle. Will Sentry blushed. Sinbad, the sailor's arms, got to keep in with him. Old, old Jones... Why old O. Jones, said Will Sentry? Old O. Jones always goes, said my uncle. Cuthbert, Johnny Fortnight, now there's a card, said my uncle, looking at the list again. He whistles after women. Will Sentry said, so do you, said Mr. Benjamin Franklin, in your mind. My uncle at last approved the whole list, pausing only to say when he came across one name, If we weren't a Christian community, we'd chuck Bob the Fiddle in the sea. We can do that in Porth Call, said Mr. Franklin. And soon after that he went, Will Sentry no more than an inch behind him, their Sunday bright boots squeaking on the kitchen cobbles. And then, suddenly, there was my uncle's wife standing in front of the dresser with a china dog in one hand. By gee, I said to myself, if she isn't the funniest woman in the world, if that's what she is. The lamps were not yet lit in the kitchen, and she stood in a wood of shadow, with the plates on the dresser behind her shining like pink and white eyes. If you go on that outing on Monday, Mr. Thomas, she said to my uncle in her small silk voice, I'm going home to my mother's. Holy mo! I thought. She got a mother. Now that's one old, bald mouse of a hundred and five. I won't be wanting to meet in a dark lane. It's me or the outing, Mr. Thomas. I would have made my choice at once, but it was almost half a minute before my uncle said, Well then, Saran, it's the outing, love. He lifted her up, under his arm, onto a chair in the kitchen, and she hit him on the head with a china dog. Then he lifted her down again, and then I said, good night. For the rest of the week, my uncle's wife whisked quiet and quick round the house with her darting duster. My uncle blew and bugled and swole, and I kept myself busy all the time, being up to no good. And then, at breakfast time on Saturday morning, the morning of the outing, I found a note on the kitchen table. It said, There's some eggs in the pantry. Take your boots off before you go to bed. My uncle's wife had gone as quick as a flash. When my uncle saw the note, he tugged out the flag of his handkerchief and blew such a hubbub of trumpets that the plates on the dresser shook. It's the same every year, he said. And then he looked at me. But this year it's different. You'll have to come on the outing, too. And what the members will say, I dare not think. The charabang drew up outside, and when the members of the outing saw my uncle and me squeeze out of the shop together, both of us cat and brushed in our Sunday best, they snarled like a zoo. Are you bringing a boy, asked Mr. Benjamin Franklin as we climbed into the Sharabang. He looked at me with horror. Boys is nasty, said Mr. Weasley. He hasn't paid his contributions, Will Sentry said. No room for boys. Boys get sick in charabangs. So do you, Enoch Davis, said my uncle. Might as well bring women. The way they said it, women were worse than boys. Better than bringing grandfathers. Grandfather's is nasty too, said Mr. Weasley. What can we do with him when we stop for refreshments? I'm a grandfather, said Mr. Weasley. Twenty-six minutes to opening time, shouted an old man in a Panama hat, not looking at a watch. They forgot me at once. Good old Mr. Cadwallader, they cried, and the charabang started off down the main village street. A few cold women stood at their doorways, grimly watching us go. A very small boy waved goodbye and his mother boxed his ears. It was a beautiful August morning. We were out of the village and over the bridge and up the hill towards Steeple Hat Wood when Mr. Franklin, with his list of names in his hand, called out loud, Where's Old O, Jones? Where's Old O? We've left Old O behind. Can't go without Old O. And, though Mr Weasley hissed all the way, we turned and drove back to the village where, outside the Prince of Wales, old O Jones was waiting patiently and alone with a canvas bag. I didn't want to come at all, said old O Jones, as they hoisted him into the charabang and clapped him on the back and pushed him into a seat and stuck a bottle in his hand. But I always go. And over the bridge and up the hill and under the deep green wood and along the dusty road we wove slow cows and ducks flying by until, stop the bus, Mr. Weasley cried, I left my teeth on the mantelpiece. Never you mind, they said, you're not going to bite nobody. And they gave him a bottle with a straw. I might want to smile, he said. Not you, they said. What's the time, Mr. Cadwallader? Twelve minutes to go!' shouted back the old man in the Panama, and they all began to curse him. The Sharabang pulled up outside the Mountain Sheep, a small, unhappy public house with a thatched roof like a wig with ringworm. From a flagpole by the gents fluttered the flag of Siam. I knew it was the flag of Siam because of cigarette cards. The landlord stood at the door to welcome us, simpering like a wolf. He was a long, lean, black, fanged man with a greased love curl and pouncing eyes. What a beautiful August day, he said, and touched his love curl with a claw. That was the way he must have welcomed the mountain sheep before he ate it, I said to myself. The members rushed out, bleating into the bar. You keep an eye on the Shara, my uncle said. See nobody steals it now. There's nobody to steal it, I said, except some cows. But my uncle had billowed away, and I heard him gustily blowing his bugle in the bar. I looked at the cows opposite, and they looked at me. There was nothing else for us to do. Forty-five minutes passed like a very slow cloud. The sun shone down on the lonely road, the lost, unwanted boy and the lake-eyed cows in the dark. Bah, they were so happy they were breaking glasses. A chuny onion breton man with a berry and a necklace of onions bicycled down the road and stopped at the door. Calun grand matin, monsieur, I said. There's French, boy bar, he said. I followed him down the passage and peered into the bar. I could hardly recognize the members of the outing. They had all changed color. Beetroot, rhubarb, and puce. They hollered and rollicked in that dark, damp hole like enormous, ancient, bad boys. And my uncle surged in the middle, all red whiskers and bellies. On the floor was broken glass and Mr. Weasley. Drinks all round cried Bob the Fiddle, a small, absconding man with bright blue eyes and a plump smile. Who's been robbing the orphans? Who's sold his little babby to the gyppos? Trust old Bob, he let you down. You will have your little joke, said Bob the Fiddle, smiling like honey. But I forgive you, boys. Out of the fug and babel I heard, come out and fight. No, not now, later. No, now when I'm in a temper. Look at Will Sentry, he's proper snobbled. Look at his willful feet. Look at Mr. Weasley lording it on the floor. Mr. Weasley got up hissing like a gander. That boy pushed me down deliberate, he said, pointing to me at the door. And I slunk away down the passage and out to the mild good cows. Time clouded over, the cows wandered. I threw a stone at them and they wandered, wandering away. Then out blew my uncle, ballooning, and one by one the members lumbered after him in a gristle. They had drunk the mountain sheep dry. Mr. Weasley had won a string of onions that the onion man raffled in the bar. What's the good of onions if you left your teeth on the mantelpiece, he said. And when I looked through the back window of the thundering charabang, I saw the pub grow smaller in the distance and the flag of Siam from the flagpole by the gent fluttered now at half-mast. The blue bull, the dragon, the star of Wales, the tulch in the wall, the sour grapes, the shepherd's arms, the bells of Aberdovey. I had nothing to do in the whole wild August world but remember the names where the outings stopped and keep an eye on the charabang. And whenever it passed a public house, Mr Weasley would cough like a billy goat and cry, Stop the mast! I'm dying of breath, and back we would all have to go. Closing time meant nothing to the members of that outing. Behind locked doors, they hemmed and rumpused all the beautiful afternoon. And when a policeman entered the Druid's tap by the back door and found them all quarrel with beer, "Shh," said Noah Bowen, the pub is shut. Where do you come from, the policeman said in his buttoned blue voice. They told him, I got an auntie there, the policeman said. And very soon he was singing, asleep in the deep. Off we drove again at last, the charabang bouncing with tenors and flagons, and came to a river that rushed along among willows. Water, they shouted, Porth call, sang my uncle. Where's the donkeys? said Mr. Weasley, and out they lurched to paddle and whoop in the cool, white, winding water. Mr. Franklin, trying to polka on the slippery stones, fell in twice. Nothing is simple, he said with dignity as he oozed up the bank. It's cold, they cried. It's lovely. It's smooth as a moth's nose. It's better than Porthcall. And dusk tamed down, warm and gentle, on thirty wild, wet, pickled, splashing men, without a care in the world, at the end of the world, in the west of Wales. And who goes there, called Will Sentry, to a wild duck flying. They stopped at the hermit's nest, for a rum to keep out the cold. I played for Aberavon in 1898, said a stranger to Enoch Davis. Liar, said Enoch Davis. I can show you photos, said the stranger. Forged, said Enoch Davis. And I'll show you my cap at home, stolen. I got friends to prove it, the stranger said in a fury. Bribed, said Enoch Davis. On the way home, through the simmering, moon dark, old O. Jones began to cook his sum- supper on a primer stove in the middle of the Charabang. Mr. Weasley coughed himself blue in the smoke. Stop the bus, he cried. I tie in of breath. So we all climbed down into the moonlight. There was not a public house in sight. So they carried out the remaining cases and the primer stove, and old O. Jones himself, and took them into a field, and sat down in a circle in the field, and drank and sang while old O. Jones cooked sausage and mash, and the moon flew above us. And there I drifted to sleep against my uncle's mountainous waistcoat, and as I slept, Who goes there, will sentry called out to the flying moon.
0: This is Literary London on 104.4 FM, also on bohemianbritain.com, don't forget. And uh, I'm still in Wales, Welsh Wales. Yes, land of my father's and my grandfather and various other people. And I was walking through um, Aberystwyth, as you do, and came across a house which is actually a public house. And I've gone inside and it's quite a specialised kind of beer public house. Um, I've now just jumped on the barman, not literally of course, but metaphorically. If you'd like to introduce yourself and say where we are. So
2: I'm Chris, I'm a barman at uh, Bottle and Barrel. Uh, We're sort of like a, a craft beer pub in uh,
0: sunny Aberystwyth not usually that sunny but uh, yeah <laughs> it has been this week actually it's been lovely And i mean i i've been into a few pubs as you may as you probably tell um, and this is quite unique i mean they, for a start the i've not heard of any of the beers on here i mean i'm sure you've got some of the regulars but but that's not what people come here for just run through some of the beers on this list so we've got quite a few like craft beers and stuff so we go run anything from like all the way from pilsners to
2: stouts to uh, ipas we've got like a at the moment, we've got a crazy one, like a barrel-aged birch sour porter. Absolutely amazing. Kind of medicinal, uh, like, but not the kind of flavour you'd
0: ever get in a,
2: re- in a regular pub.
0: And you've just given me a sample, and I can attest to that. It is quite, it's very dark. and, and um, Yeah, I'm not sure I could drink pints of it, eh?
2: No, but we do, we do two-thirds, we do thirds. We do, like, do different kind of different, um, we do tasting flights as well, if of uh, a quarter pints. That, yeah,
0: that's, I've never come across that before. This is something, n- n- well, I suppose it must happen, you know, elsewhere. But I've never come across it before. And that presumably is the whole point of being here. As Oh, a, a dog's just running. <laughs> the whole point of being here anyway. With the, with the range of the, of, the, uh, of the beers that you've, you've got. What else is on the menu?
2: So, I've got one of my favourites right now. We've got a Canadian breakfast stout. 11 percent it tastes and it almost feels like a uh, maple syrup on your pancakes it's absolutely <laughs> amazing stuff i might have to have a try of that
0: later on and what's your so you've got one, two, three, four, five, six,
2: so seven. so we've got uh, 16 taps plus uh, like about 300 different beers in fridges all around us but i can't name all them. <laughs>
0: no i'm not surprised i mean it is, it's a very colorful experience as well i have to say even for for non-beer drinkers have you got a favorite Oof, my favourite.
2: Oh, that's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. I suppose uh, my favourite one would have to be, uh, right now, Pajama Republic by Bluestone. A fantastic wheat beer, kind of banana-y, kind of, you know, it's it's like pale, it's lovely stuff.
0: And where's it made? Is it locally made? Do you uh, know no,
2: about? so it's made in uh, South Wales.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fairly local. Oh, isn't lo- it? Lo-
2: local for here. Local for
0: yeah, here. Yeah, I suppose it is. And even the bar is incredible. It's kind of what is it like? It's a lot of oak with bits missing. So I it's an oak bar set in resin from a from a field of about fifty
2: miles away. It's sort of like it's done in situ, slowly built up and up and up. So it's like got light shining through it. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely piece of furniture.
0: Incredible. And and what, what are your what are your regulars like here? beer kind of aficionados. I can't see I've any other slip on that as well. Aficionados. Oh we've got great regulars and they they, they know good beer and they know bad beer
2: and they, they won't they're not afraid to tell you.
0: Because uh, it started you're too young to remember but I remember years ago when cameras started to campaign for real ale mm. was a kind of a resistance against the kind of the mass produced stuff that was coming from from all over the place. And this seems almost like a next level.
2: Yeah this is a, this is again it's a bit further than real ale. A lot of this stuff is like it's, it's on the keg, it's like all going all sorts of different crazy directions that, like, often real ale kind of narrows down a bit. Uh, so here, the, the people aren't afraid to experiment. We've got, I mean, we've got a pina colada pale ale, for example. That's incredible, yeah. Or uh, uh, let me have, a look. We've, got, we've got. I noticed we...
0: it's called Rupert Holmes as well. Indeed, I, there's a yeah, song, of course. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: This is a reference to that, yeah. And we've, you yeah, we've got, you've got gluten-free ales as well. Uh, all sorts. So like, whatever flavour you want, we can try and we can try and provide. We've got local, like, mead as well, made two miles away from here. Uh, with lo- with uh, with, me- with meads like alcohol with honey. I say it's a very
0: old uh, uh, thing, isn't it?
2: Mead. I mean, sort of pre beer as we know it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back ugh, thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's so sugary. It's easy to get it to ferment and turn into something
0: you'd want to drink. Uh, yeah. That's brilliant. I've actually got a half, which I'm going to try. And I must just ask you, because, I mean, you're obviously, you know your stuff here. I mean, I know you want to say just the barman, it's not like the owner or anything. Is that, as your, your, your beer story started before you worked here? Or, or oh, yeah, look, well, before I worked here, I was a regular here. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> it's probably, probably half how I got the job, but, uh,
2: <laughs> you know, just, uh, I, I, I drank enough beer and then, uh, you know, I think, it, uh, but, you know, it's just, it's all about, it, you don't have to know about beer, it's more about personality and being friendly. And just not yeah. being a grumpy publican. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I've never come across any of them. Amazing, <laughs> he said, coughing into his collar. Um, and so uh, if we want to know any more, because presumably are you just, it's just this, this pub in Aberystwyth.
2: So we've got two pubs in Aberystwyth right now. So there's Boston Barrel and we've got our latest pub we've just opened called uh, Bank Vault, which has got good beer, maybe a slightly smaller selection, but focused more around live music, folk music, jazz, pop blue st- bluestone.
0: Bluegrass. Bluegrass Yeah, yeah Oh how fantastic And s- a small company then you're not, you're not a multinational
2: No, no, no Completely lo- Like local companies Small business Like support your local
0: businesses guys Yeah Don't go to Weatherspoons.: <laughs> That's right I've heard about that Yes I don't think you get anything like this In the spoons To be honest um, And if anyone wants to know Any more about you what, Where's the best place Presumably you're online uh, So we're online So just
2: Google Bottle and Barrel with, And we're all over social media You'll find us
0: Brilliant. Oh, well, thanks for your time. I can't believe I'm going to have a whole half of mead now. Um, mm. Oh, God, that is good. So, yes, all right, on that note, thanks very much for your time. Thank you very and, uh, much. And you've obviously got to come to Aberystwyth to sample this. Um, uh, but if not, bug me a tenner and I'll, I'll tell you all about it, if I can remember. No, it'll be fine, of course. I'm Nick in This is Residence 104.4 FM. And, of course, we're also on LiteraryLondon.com. I'm off to the bar. It all ended up okay. Yes, I drank my mead. I felt like an ancient Briton. Um, oh, I'd have been a Celt, wouldn't I, back then? A thousand-year-old recipe. Uh, but thanks very much to, <laughs> to the pub for their help. Um, and uh, thanks very much to Dylan Thomas as well for being, well, Dylan Thomas. Yeah, so I finished my drink. All's well. That it ended well. And uh, I had a great a great time in, uh, in Wales. If you get a chance, go see Wales. Come on Bath. I think I've said that wrong, but um, it's a lovely place anyway. That's it for me and for Dilla Thomas. I'll see you next time. I'm Nick Henningham. This is Literary London on uh, bohemianbritain.com. And also, of course, chiefly on Resonance 104.4 FM.